Does it depress you? To know just how alone you really are. What are you seeking? I seek the means to fight injustice, to turn fear against those who prey on the fearful. <laughs> to conquer fear, you must become fear. To manipulate the fears in others, you must first master your own. Are you ready to begin? If you make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal, and if they can't stop you, a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain one end to your journey. Endure, most of That man wants to come back. I won't bury you. 
heard enough members of the Wayne family. Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Review, the movie review podcast that'll slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a theme and as it's Batman's 80th anniversary, I thought I'd cover the Batman movies. So, I am now on to the known Batman movies, the start of everything being dark and gritty, realistic and <clears throat> true to life. One wee tiny little flaw in that thinking, however, is it's a comic book movie. It's supposed to be escapism, not real fucking life. Now, every goddamn movie has to be fucking real. To be honest, I am sick of it. What's happened to the light and fun, silly and entertaining movies? Actually, scratch that. If that runs wild, we end up with Batman and Robin, or even bloody worse, Catwoman. By the way, check my archives for both movies. Can we not split a difference and have a gritty yet fun movie? I guess that's why I actually like the Deadpool movies. They're actually fun yet not utterly serious. If that makes sense. Eh, Whatever. On to Nolan himself. Of his movies that I have saw, I don't like a single one of them. Not even the lorded Dark Knight. Coming to get that movie real soon. I think Nolan is a one-trick pony and a boring director who does long, stupid, boring shots of fucking everything. Now that I've ticked off the Nolan groupies, it's time to piss off the fans of these three movies. I hate the bloody movies. I hate that ridiculous suit. Bruce Wayne is a fucking idiot in these movies and I hate that Batmobile. I hate the fixings are cut to shit with quick cut after quick cut after quick cut and you can't see a fucking thing and most of all I hate that stupid voice what in the actual hell was Christian Bale and no one thinking as much as I wasn't a fan of Batfleck at least his his voice was computerized and he had humor ejected into the bloody well movies I first saw the trailer to this back in 2004 and I thought it looked like absolute shit and I hated absolutely everything about it then I rented this fucking turkey, and I have never been more bored watching a Batman movie in my entire life. This fucker drags. 
I mean, arty farty bullshit pretended to be a mainstream movie. And allow me to save about two hours of your life, the special features on the Blu-ray disc is nothing but fucking David S. Goyer tooting his own horn and Christopher Nolan banging about all the realism he injected into the Batman universe. Fucking hacks. Anyway, let's step into this and see where Batman began. Starring Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Katie Holmes, Gary Oldman, Liam Neeson, Cillian Murphy, and directed by a Christopher Arnolan. At that plot, after his parents' death at the age of eight, Bruce Wayne goes off the rails, going from school to school, burning through the Wayne Trust Fund, until one day he decides to fight crime and hunts down the ultimate master, Raja Go, who makes him part of the League of Shadows. Seven years later, he returns to Gotham to clean up the mean streets. Along the way, he gets help from Police Sergeant James Gordon and Lucius Fox, who makes his wonderful toys. As Batman cleans up the streets, he catches the attention of Raza Ghoul, who, with help from Dr. Crane, aka the Scarecrow, wants to crash a Gotham City and break it into utter chaos. Can Batman stop his former mentor or and friend? Is Gotham City doomed to live in fear? Can Rachel stop screaming long enough to be helpful? And will someone get bloody Batman a strepsil? I find out bloody well here. Uh, with its $150 million budget, this thing pulled in $375 million, and boom, everything is dark, gritty and <clears throat> real to life. So let's put on a rubber suit, cowl and cape, killer voices, as I dive into Batman Begins. God, that was bad. The movie was up on a black and white lo- um, logo for Warner Brothers. See, even this has a fucking fun and cover sucked out of it. On to a CGI swirling bat mess as a new Batman logo appears. And then we see little brat Bruce Wayne, played by Gus Lewis, steal an arrowhead found on the Wayne Mara grounds from his BFF, Rachel Dawes, a place by Emma Lockhart. Within one minute of this movie, and I fucking hate it. She chases after him, and the little brat falls in a well about 50 fucking feet, yet doesn't break anything. Real to life, my ass. So Rachel runs off to get her mother. Meanwhile, in the well, Bruce is swarmed by bats, and boom, the germ for Batman is born. Cut to adult Bruce Wayne, played by Christian Bale of Empire of the Sun, Velvet Goldmine, American Psycho, Rhino Fire, The Machinist, Ripper Siege, and of course these Batman movies. And note, he piled on over 95 pounds of muscle in order to convince Nolan that he could play Batman. And then he was told to lose it all and cut down to about 220 pounds, I believe, unless I got that wrong, but eh, who cares. As he awakens from a nightmare, we find him in a communist prison somewhere in China, I believe. Where he gets into a fight with eight men, yet he walks away unharmed. Real to life, everyone. Real to life. This is before the training and before he picks up bloody anything. I mean, uh, supposedly, Bill done all of this bloody fighting himself, uh, but this is cut to shit, so you can't tell who the hell does what. After the cut to shit fight scene, Bruce is thrown into a solitary confinement, where here we meet Raja Ghoul, played by Liam Neeson, of Darkman, Schindler's List, Rob Roy, The Gangs of New York, The Taken Movies, Lego Movie, and of course the bloody Star Wars movie. Check my archive. 
he offers Bruce a way out. Ah, boom! He is instantly in the League of Shadows. Why am I getting Star Wars flashbacks from this bloody bit here? Hmm. He tasks him to pick a blue flower and then carry up a mountain. And then he is in to be trained as a ninja or something, something dark side. He barely makes up the slope to meet fake Raja Go, played by Ken Awatabe of Memoirs of a Geisha, Inception, and American Godzilla movies. He's quickly jumped and gets his ass kicked by Raja Go. Once knocked out and cut another fucking flashback. To young Bruce getting rescued by his father Thomas, played by Linus Roach, and then taken inside to be cared for by Alfred, played by Michael Caine of the Italian job Alfie, Get Carter, Jaws 4, The Side of House Rules, Harry Brown, and Interstellar. And should it, you know, oh, I don't know, take the little brat to fucking hospital? I mean, okay, I know you're a doctor, but he can have internal bleeding, but nope. A few days in bed, he'll be fucking fine. <sighs> Gritty and real to life, everyone. I mean, mm. Cut to Thomas showing Bruce where he put the money, i.e. the monorail that cuts through Gotham City. Important for much later. Later at night, and here we have it, Bruce's parents' death shown for the hundredth fucking time. A goon comes out of the shadows. This case, it's Joe Chill, played by Richard Broke. Two shots and a spill of pearls and a drop of blood later, and boom, it's game over. At the station, here Bruce first meets Sergeant Jim Gordon, played by Gary Oldman, of Bram Stoker's Dracula, True Romance, The Fifth Element, Air Force One, Hannibal, check my archives, Harry Potter movies, Robocop remake, and Criminal. It seems he's the one good cop in Gotham, who takes pity on Bruce as he puts an overcoat around him, and boom, a friendship is born. Cut to the funeral, and here for some reason we meet Earl, played by Hammer. Remember him from the 80s? Yeah, he's in this. Who tells Bruce he'll look after the Empire, where Alfred has been tasked to look after him forever. So, Bruce has no family then. No uncles, aunties, godparents, grandparents, or even... Any other body relatives? Nope, it's just Alfred. Okay then. Cut to weeks later as Raja Go. Oh, by the way, that was ended at flashback, so. Hmm. Cut to weeks later as Raja Go asks Bruce if he still feels guilt over him getting his parents killed. He says, No, my anger outweighs my guilt. And training montage. Shouldn't this shit be scored by Ira Tiger or some other bullshit feel good fucking song that all these fucking hacked movies are? This is a sword fighting scene on a frozen lake. Ninja shit uh, getting beat by kendo sticks and making smoke bombs because subterfuge and blah blah blah. And uh, yeah, the sword fighting is done on a frozen lake. This was done for real in Iceland uh, as the cracking ice was done. That's a real sound. I mean, that's real cracking ice. And didn't I say everything in here is real except for the CGI Batman, Bat and Scarecrow stuff. Oh uh, yeah. And here, Batman gets his gauntlets, because you've got to know how the fuck he gets these gauntlets, and where and why. Batman has spikes on his forearms. Super important. And guess what? I don't care! Get on with the fucking thing! Jesus jinkies! <sighs> More smoke blowing by Raja Go to Bruce about how he's stronger than his dad, and boom! Another fucking flashback too. Younger adult Bruce getting kicked out of yet another posh school. Bruce tells Alfred he hates the manor and wishes it would be pulled down brick by brick. This pisses off Alfred as he pipes up. 
Six generations have lived here. Show some goddamn respect. God, what the hell was that voice? Also, it seems Alfred is the only one that has it give up on. The bratty douche bro that is Bruce bloody Wayne. For some reason, Rachel is still here, even... Uh, although now she's played by Dawson's Creek, Katie Holmes. I mean, she's assistant DA. Why the fuck is she still at this bloody manor? These two have zero chemistry, and yet you're supposed to have a love-lorn story between these two. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, something about his parents' killer being let go due to him being in the same cell as crime boss Falcone. Yeah, meh. Bruce plans on shooting him in the courtroom in front of everyone, including Rachel and the press. Not very smart there, Brucey. Too bad someone beats it, beats him to it because, well, and a fucking mob assassin, eh? Ah, dear God. Rachel drags Bruce away from the dying Joe Chill. As in the car, she explains the judge was on the take and Chill's death was a setup. Here, Bruce tells her he wanted to kill Joe Chill and even has a gun. She tells him revenge isn't justice and then drives him down to the slums of Gotham. He just sits there uncaring, saying he wanted to kill Joe Chill. She slaps him twice, saying his father was ashamed of him. Yes, I don't know about that one, love. Seems Bruce... Uh, was a little brat in childhood, and I'm guessing he got everything handed to him on a silver platter. Therefore, he'd be grew up to be one of these cold, disconnected, fucking rich douchebags that you see wandering the place. I mean, all these insta-fucking fame dick dickwads who touch money and fucking sense. You know, uncaring fannies. I mean, moving on. And so, anyway, she drops him outside uh, Falcone's... Um, what is that, a nightclub pub for fucking thing it is? In storms Bruce, unarmed, to have a face-off with Falcone, played by Tom Wilkinson. He just laughs off uh, Bruce's threats, pulling a gun, saying there's two councilmen, a judge and a few cops, and I would shoot you dead and nothing would happen. That's the power of true fear. He's beaten and then tossed to the curb. Outside, he hands everything to a bum and boards a cargo ship to... I have no idea where, I don't fucking care where he learns to steal and live life as a bum. He then learns about the criminal mind, except he doesn't steal from anybody but his own fucking company. <sighs> Raja Go makes him up a drug from the blue flower as he has to face his ultimate fear. Cue a test to find Raja Go in a horde of ninjas. This goes for a good five boring, solid fucking minutes during which Bruce is swarmed by CGI bats, attacked by Raja Ghul, and he even tricks Raja Ghul into killing one of his own men. So the fake Raja Ghul gives him his final test to kill a man, which Bruce refuses to do. So fake Raja Ghul takes him on, and Bruce kills him, and he sets the temple on fire, killing dozens more. Yet Batman doesn't kill Kuran. After blowing up the League of Shadows temple and killing anyone he saw, didn't see eye to eye, he picks up the real Raja Go and jumps out the building, burning building. Sliding down a slope to certain death is Raja Go, so Bruce dies out after him as last second stops using his gauntlet. And note, this was done for real in Iceland, but not by Christian Bale or Liam Neeson, but by two super brave fucking stuntmen. And I uh, yeah, so much as being <clears throat> real to life, that slide save would not have worked, that would have broken Bruce's arm and or pulled his fucking arm out the bloody socket. I mean, he has the strength to pull a completely unconscious six feet 
four and five, uh, Williamson is, with one arm all the way back up? I think not. Also, what would happen if Bruce failed to save Raja Go? No League Assault on Gotham, no Scarecrow, no Batman. Alfred shows up to take Bruce back to Gotham, and how the fuck did he find him? I know how, a bloody plot convenience. On the plane, we find out Bruce has been gone for seven years. And here, he tells Alfred he wants to become a Batman. Returning to Gotham, in a private jet, we get to see a nice overhead shot of the CGI monstrosity of a city. In a courtroom, we meet Dr. Crane, aka Scarecrow, played by Cillian Murphy. Of 28 Days Later, Cold Mountain, Red Eye, Sunshine, Red Lights and Transcendence. He's testifying that Mr. Zaz, played by Tim Booth, is a danger to himself and others. In fact, he's too dangerous for prison, therefore he must be sent to Arkham Asylum in his care. Seems that Falcone owns half the city, even the DA's on the take. Okay then, cut to Bruce doing research on Gordon. Uh, Bruce sees a bat flying around, so checks out the cave, and boom, the bat cave is now born. Turns out, Bruce's great-grandfather ran the Underground Railroad for slaves to escape to freedom. Hence why the caves were built, because I didn't know why fucking there's a suddenly a big gigantic bat cave underneath Gotham Manor. Eh, who cares? And I, yeah, uh, Bruce gets spawned for the fifth time by CGI bats, which I'm being fucking terrified of these bats, you know? I mean, hmm. Cut to Dr. Crane. Asking Falcone to take care of Rachel, or he'll tell Rasha Ghoul on him because he's a little douchebag. Maybe he's terrible. Cut to Wayne Enterprise Tower as Bruce takes over from Earl back to Rachel as her boss tells her Bruce Wayne is back in Gotham. And here is an introduction to Lucius Fox, played by Morgan Freeman of A Driving Miss Daisy, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Bruce Almighty, Red, Lego Movie, and London Has Fallen. He's the one that makes Batman's wonderful toys. Here, we see where Batman gets his gadgets from, such as the grapple gun, the utility belt, to the Batmobile, also the all-important Batsuit. And I'm the one that's let down here that Bruce doesn't, or Alfred doesn't even design or build this shit. It's all Bruce does is spray paint in black. It's all too easy to become Batman. It's like, here's... Your tools just add spoiled douchebag bro idiot and boom Batman is born. No tested needing, unlike say Kickass or Daredevil, who had to fine tune the stuff. Nope, Batman just has all the shit just lying around because he's a billionaire. I mean, even fucking Tony Stark had to fine tune his suits for crying out loud. But not our lazy idiot douche bro. I mean, spray it back and oh, I'm Batman. This movie fucking terrible. Even that truly hideous tank tumbler Batmobile is there waiting for it to just been ripping up bloody black. <sighs> okay, here's the stats on this thing. It's 15 feet long, 9 feet wide, and weighs 2.5 tons of a top speed of 110 miles an hour. So not only is this the ugliest, heaviest, and slowest to date, but it's the stupidest one. Note, on about these scenes, it tells that the tumbler actually drove the, through the concrete walls on the freeway and it all on stunts and then drove away. I should fucking think so too, it's a fucking tank. Uh, cut to Bruce building the Batcave. And I love how Alfred is standing there in a full three-piece suit wearing wellies. I mean, mm. 
Note this Bat Cave set is the largest set ever used in a Batman movie, that is. It took an entire industrial sized warehouse with an actual waterfall and river running through it. So, impressive stuff there. On to Bruce spray painting the suit with black latex paint that apparently hid the heat signature. <laughs> and now we have the Bat suit, pretty much. All Alfred has to do is point out he must wear a cow because he needs to. I don't know, hide his identity so the other ones don't get kicked a shit off. And he has to order them in bulk, so he has a mass order. To throw people off the trail because, eh. On to Gordon, following one of the many dirty cops, Floss, played by Mark Boone Jr. Wait, hold on a second. This is his partner? What the actual fuck? So, Jim Gordon, the squeakiest, cleanest, Cop and Gotham has a dirty, fat slob as a fucking partner. I think not. And he even waves the big wad of cash under his nose and goes, Oh, here, take your bit of the cheddar. Fucking douchebag. Moving on, later that night, Bruce dons a suit and a ski mask to talk to Gordon, tell him he's going to take down Falcone. Cut to Bruce almost dying as he dies off the roof of Gotham PD. Like I said, Bruce isn't smart at all. He had no escape plan. World's greatest detective, my ass. Back to Lucius to make him a cape so he can, well, I don't know, glide. And this shit is made from magic material that turns solid when you add a electrical current through it. Okay then. Now he's got a cape, the suit and a car. All he needs is a cowl. Unfortunately, the material used is shit. So it's back to drawing board for that one. And cut to an A-team style montage of Bruce building his batarangs and fine-tuning the suit, i.e. cutting the bloody wires and shit off what the hell it is to straps or the fuck it is. Later at night in the now completed bat suit, Bruce takes on Falcone and his goons, well when I say Batman, I mean a stunt double, using quick cuts to hide the fact he can barely move in this fucking ridiculous suit. Finally, Batman has Falcone and here we have it, I'm Batman in that stupid voice. Cut to Rachel. Uh, taking the monorail, even though she has a fucking car. Walking home, she gets mugged. Note, according to Goyer, she's not sure damsel on distress. She can handle herself, as Batman saves her for the first of dozens of time. Yeah, she's not a damsel on distress, my aunt fucking Fanny. He hands her dirt on a dirty judge, and now the streets are clean. Gordon is called in to deal with Batman's Dirty work, i.e. the goons he's beaten up and tied up. Also, Falcone is roasted on a huge spotlight, which makes the bat sign. I really don't know how the fuck that was created. By the way, Falcone should be roasted alive, strapped to that huge fucking spotlight. But yeah, gritty and real to life, everybody. I mean, the heat of that fucking thing would have killed him. Next day, the press of a field day with the huge batlet creature taking down Falcone. That afternoon, Alfred wakes Bruce, telling him he needs an excuse for all the cuts and bruises. Possibly Polo. Never mind that, it's back to the plot. You remember that thing from about an hour earlier? Yeah, that fucking pathetic excuse. As a lackey tells Mr. Earl, one of the Wayne Enterprise cargo ships has been boarded by pirates and completely trash, and the only thing that was stolen was a micro-admitter as it is used to focus microwaves to turn water into steam. Later at night, Bruce takes not one but two unarmed so sorry, unnamed socialites to dinner. 
Uh, I mean, uh, the two strip off uh, and dive into the addictive pool. So Bruce buys the fucking restaurant and hotel chain and just joins it because, of course, he does. Finally, at the hour eight minute mark into this two hour and twenty fucking minute movie, Rachel sees Bruce is back in Gotham. So much for her being the love of his bloody life. He's been in town for weeks, if not months, and this is the first time they've met. Okay then, he did save her as Batman, but still, I mean, I love your life and it's months later. Piece of shit, bad fucking hack writing. Cut to Dr. Crane testing his fear toxin on Falcone, and then having cut her off to Arkham Asylum. That night, Batman visits Gordon's home to tell him there's a storm coming to be very careful. Batman then tracks Floss, threatens him and throws him off a fire escape. Eh. Cut to the docks and Raja goes arrival. Meanwhile, in the CGI slums of Gotham, Batman tracks the drugs. Uh, then he stops Scarecrow's goons from burning down a house. Too bad Scarecrow sprays him with fear toxin and... Now Batman sees CGI bats fucking everywhere. He is set alight, a rather, and falls out of a six-storey window, but he's perfectly fine as he just rolls around in a bloody puddle and he puts out the fire. But never mind that, six stories straight onto his back. Yeah, I don't think so. He dead. <sighs> he puts himself out and fires his back grapple gun onto a roof of a nearby building where he calls Alfred for help because that's how that one works. Cut to two days later, as the toxin has finally left its system. Luckily, Lucius has antidote, and now Batman is immune. Handy that. It's Bruce's 30th birthday party, so, well, birthday rather. Rachel shows up to give him a gift, telling him she won't be at the party, she's too busy. She also tells him the D has been missing for three days. Also, just now, days later, she's been told that Vicone is actually in Arkham Asylum. Great assistant DA she is, you know. I mean, God almighty. What's it been? Four, five days since Falcone was shoved in fucking Arkham Asylum? Bruce runs off to change into the Batsuit and runs after Rachel! Uh, in Wayne Enterprises, R&D Department, Mr. Earl demands all the records from Moshes and then fires him at Arkham Asylum. Rachel! Sees Scarecrow's handiwork on Falcone. She questions Dr. Crane, so he sprays him with super-duper fear toxin. Luckily, Batman shows up to save her, not before, however, showing her where he makes the toxin, plus where Raja goes plan to spike Gotham's water supply with it, and then use the micro-emitter to spread the fear city-wide. Why the fuck would you do that? It's not a body bone movie, for fuck's sake. <clears throat> Batman saves her after dealing with Scarecrow's goons. With the police surrounding Arkham Asylum, Batman hands Rachel to Gordon and then uses his bat, bat whistle type thing to call on hundreds if not thousands of CGI bats to help him escape. Oh, dear God. <clears throat> and here we have the huge chase between the police and the Batmobile. By the way, them two cops the tumble or drove over. Yeah, they're dead. I don't give a fuck what that movie says. They're dead. Squished by a two and a half ton fucking tank. Yeah, they did. So, with a drugged up Rachel on board, he roars to the Batcave at 100 miles an hour. With uh, the binder scenes claiming this was done for real, but I'm calling bullshit. It's a street cargo with no traffic. Who are they trying to kid? Uh, they're not the fucking boys bros for crying out loud. Also, I love the fact that Rachel is supposed to be 
doped out of her mind on the super strength fear toxin, yet not once does she freak out at a six foot bat driving this fucking tank. Uh, Batman loses the cops by turning off the lights, yet there's a police helicopter above him. Fucking directly above the bastard and car. Isn't he invisible? It doesn't have the fucking lights on. It doesn't make it. But nope, they can't see him because this is fucking terrible. What is this car? John fucking Cena? Finally, back in the back cave, Rachel has the antidote and is now fine. Bruce then hands her the antidote and then drugs her some more. I mean, really, she's been dosed by this super strength fucking fear toxin. But no, no worry, just have this experimental antidote and then he fucking dopes her again, I mean... Uh, meanwhile, upstairs the party has been going on for hours without the birthday boy. Rude. Bruce makes a show, Raja Go shows up to spoil the party and then burns the house down. Alfred, once taking the drugged Rachel back to her home, tries to save Bruce from the burning building. Rachel! <sighs> so bloody bad. Awakes in her house, so runs to the locking down city to hand Gordon the antidote. Even though she'd been knocked out for fucking hours, but eh, moving on. So it begins, Raja Ghoul's plan to use Scarecrow's toxin to make people mad and tear the city down from the thing. It's down to Gordon, Batman and Rachel to save, to save the day and stop him. Too bad, she's sprayed again and has to be saved yet again by Batman. A damsel in distress? Yeah, love, you're a fucking damsel in distress. Uh, Raja Ghoul fires the microwave emitter and all hell breaks loose as the gas is released. Batman hands Gordon the keys to the Batmobile to get him to stop the monorail. Yeah, give this experimental tank to someone who can even get the fucking door opened. Oh, this movie's terrible. Batman takes on a horde of goons after giving Rachel a good minute-long fucking speech. About how he's Batman or whatever. Batman then flies down, spreading the fear of Batman into thousands below, landing next to Raja Ghoul. He takes on four ninjas who kick his ass. Running away the very last second, he runs into a mob of people that again kick his ass. So with one well-placed shot for the back grapple, he flies underneath the bloody monorail. So here we have it, a CJ Batman being dragged behind a speeding monorail, crashing into absolutely fucking everything, yet he's unharmed. Yes folks, this is a real-to-life Batman. Finally, he boards a train and takes on Raja Ghoul. So it's on Batman vs Raja Ghoul, who kicks his fucking ass. It's only down to Gordon shooting out the track that Batman finally defeats him, flying away as the train ploughs into the ground and explodes. Gotham is saved, Batman is a hero, Bruce Wayne is trashed in the papers for burning down bloody Wayne Mother. Lucius is handed the reins to Wayne Enterprises, whereas Mr. Earl is fired. Bruce sees at the Batcave as Rachel plays him a visit in the burned out ruins of Wayne Manor. The two kiss and make up, as later at night Gordon shows Batman the bat sign and hands him a playing card of the Joker. So within the first, what? Six months being Batman, he wants to hang it all over for a girl. Get in. As a credits a roll. So that was Batman Begins. About 40 to 50 minutes too fucking long. Far too padded and shit. We didn't have to fucking know. Such as where he gets the fucking outfit from. Or all the oh, gadgets and toys and shit. Oh, dear God. The fights are cut the shit up. The CGI is all over the fucking place and his looks cheap. So much for this being real 
to life. I mean, Batman kills at least nine people in this. Retro is dead. Wait. The only good thing about this is also nods to villains such as Zaz and Scarecrow. However, this is overblown, overhyped, boring piece of bat guano. I'm going to give this thing a 2 out of 10. Still, stay right there as I will continue with The Dark Knight. The best superhero movie of all time? Well, that's what I'm here to find out. First up, we have Heath Ledger in his last role as the Joker. We have Aaron Eckhart's big comeback role. And finally, there was the hype. The hype for this was unbloody real. So much so, even I was swept up in this, and this was the last thing I was actually swept up on Hollywood, Hollywood hype, if I can speak. This was also the first action movie to be filmed at IMAX. This Hibber was one of only a handful of movies I have walked out. I think I walked out at the 27 minute mark. So here we have it, The Dark Knight. With a budget of 185 million, this thing pulled in one billion dollars. So let's just dive into this because it's going to be long enough as it is. Starring Christopher Bale, sorry, Christian Bale, uh, Heath Ledger, Aaron Eckhart, Michael Caine, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Gary Oldman, written by, yes, Christopher Nolan. At the plot, within months of becoming Batman, Bruce Wayne has to deal with his greatest enemy, the Crown Prince of Crime, the Joker. The madman anarchist uh, who is hellbent in bringing Gotham to its knees. Then he sets his sights on just who is the Batman. New district, uh, again. New district attorney Harvey Dent is a close friend of Bruce. He tries his hardest to stamp out crime and corruption within the Gotham PD. Unfortunately, he gets attention of the Joker as he makes him the Two-Face. Now Batman has to deal with both the Joker and Two-Face. Can he stop these criminal masterminds? So, the movie opens up on a purple Warner Bros. logo, which turns into the bat sign. Then the incredible IMAX opening with the raid on a mob bank. And here is an introduction to the Joker, played by Heath Ledger, of 10 Things I Hate About You, Night's Tale, N uh, Ned Kelly, The Brothers Grimm, and Brokeback Mountain. Note, the mask he wears at the beginning of this movie is based off the one the Joker from the 60s TV show wore when he played a circus clown for one episode, which I have no idea what the fucking episode's called, so don't ask me. Even though this stunt was done for real, I'm calling bullshit straight off the bat. Not one person in the street below saw or felt this glass as it showered down to the street below. Mm. Also, as Joker's gang kill themselves, how the fuck did Joker know where the bus was going to speed in to plant the last guy to stand at that exact point? Mm. Moving on, he boards a school bus which joins a horde of dozens more just as the cops show up. Clever boy this Joker, very clever boy. While I'm at it, how did the four of a kind gang as they're called uh, not know what the Joker looked like. After all, they all say he told them to kill the specialist guy once he's finished doing his specialist task. I.e. the um, guy that cuts the phone wires and then the guy that breaks into the safe. I mean, also, I love the fact there's seven bags of cash one minute, then the second the school bus comes crashing through the doors, there's about 15 piled up. Get in. Finally, a bozo, aka three of a kind, takes his mask off and we have our first look at the Joker in his pale white cracked face paint, a green tinted hair, smeared red lips and facial scars and note, Ledger did the makeup himself as he hated this studio's suggestions because apparently this got into character more. 
that night. The bat sign is in the night sky, which scares muggers and dealers because they have off the run and hide. Yeah, bullshit. On roof of Gotham PD, Lieutenant Gordon, once again played by Gary Oldman, tells an unnamed female cop Batman won't show he's too bloody busy taking on the crime he should be fucking doing. Cut to an underground car park and a high-speed chase as Batman, played once again by Christian Bale, busts up a drug deal between Scarecrow, once again played by Cillian Murphy, and a Russian gangster. Unfortunately, the Sons of Batman gang show up and break it up first. So Batman deals with these copycat amateurs, then he takes on the Russian dogs, which he just tosses off the fucking bloody uh, floor. I'm mean, crying out loud. So Batman's a dick to dogs then. He chases after Scarecrow, who is getting away in a white van. Batman jumps it from the top floor straight all the way down. On top of this speeding van, yeah, no. As Deadpool says, superhero landings are killers on the fucking knee. This would have totally fucked up his knees, if not break his legs, hip and or back. But dark and gritty, rude to life everyone, who cares? One of the sons of Batman screams out, what's the difference between you and me? That's a good point actually, apart from the billion dollars and ninja training, he's basically the same, a fucking vigilante. Later at night, Gordon shows up to the bank heist. Wait, what? It's now night and he's just showing up. Wow, sir. Wow. You are unbelievable. Batman shows up, so Gordon's new partner, uh, Ramirez, played by Monique Gabriela Gurning, gives them time to talk. The two talk about this is the fifth mob bank uh, hit in recent weeks. It's about time to launch the sting. Gordon points out maybe he'd better tell the new DA as Batman asks, can he be trusted? The next day in Wayne Penthouse, Alfred, once again played by Michael Caine, brings Bruce his breakfast, finding the bed unslept in. He drives to a storage unit uh, which under it is a new uh, bat cave, or should that be man cave? In a pristine, empty, huge underground space where the fucks, the bats, the techs, the gadgets, or the vehicles, all there is is that ugly fucking Batmobile. Also, what happened to the bat cave? Did he just abandon it when Wayne Mather was left in ruins? Get in. Alfred stitches up Bruce's wounds and then begs him to take time off to heal, uh, as we can see his completely scarred up body. And wow, that fancy $600,000 suit isn't worth shit then. In a courtroom, here is an introduction to Rachel, uh, played by Maggie Gyllenhaal of Danny Darko, check my archives, 40 Days and 40 Nights, uh, Mona Lisa, Smile, Paris, Jetem, Monster House and Nana McPhee movies. And note the reason why Rachel was recast is because no one hated the circus around Cruz and Holmes' relationship, therefore she was fired. Charming. And I have to say, Gyllenhaal is a much better actress anyway, so eh, no harm, no foul. In walks Harvey Dent, played by Ern Eckhart of Ern Brokovich, The Core, Battle, Los Angeles, and I, Frankenstein. He's late, so Rachel tells him she can try this case. He pulls out his coin and flips her on it, because, yeah, hmm, that's how a DA fucking does his work. He wins and tries Marconi, played by Eric Roberts. He's. Falcone's number one, apparently. 
the DA's chief witness then claims he's running Falcone's crime family. So Malcone gets off with a shit-eating grin on his face and gets off Scott motherfucking free. Ah yeah, and said witness pulls a gun which jams so Dent calmly smacks him in the face with it and continues on with the case. As you do, I mean, mm, real and gritty everybody, you know, real and gritty. Dent then holds a meeting with Gordon. Dent demands to know what's going on and he wants to meet the Batman. Gordon does his best to hide the fact he's been bailing out the bloody useless police for fucking months now. Across town in the new Wayne Timber, Lucius Fox, once again played by Morgan Freeman, holds a business meeting with a Chinese businessman, Lau, played by Chen Han. He wants Wayne Enterprises and Lau Enterprises to team up to take over the world, as you do. Bruce Wayne is there, but he's asleep, so Fox runs a meeting anyway. I mean, as you do, just have your billionaire fucking chairman sitting there snoozing his head off. Why not? Lucius questions Bruce as to why he wants to team up with Lau, so Bruce tells him to get a look at the books, also an excuse to be in Hong Kong later. Bruce asks him for a new suit, one that can turn his head. Wait a minute here, you tried to make this fancy $600,000 suit? And he can't even turn his fucking head. What the fuck? Later at night, Dent takes Rachel to dinner in a fancy-ass restaurant, saying it took him three weeks just to get this shitty table. In walks Bruce with a supermodel on arm, and he gets the best seat in the fucking house. Okay then. At dinner, all Bruce does is snipe at Dent, as his Russian supermodel, wait, she's a ballerina, sorry, she's a ballerina, not a supermodel, a ballerina, has a go at Batman. And asked what time of city would allow this vigilante, mass vigilante, to actually run the fucking city. Dent defends Batman, saying it's a public service, as in Rome, would pick one man to save the city. Rachel points out, however, the last man to do that was Caesar, and it didn't work out great in the end. So Dent says, quote, you either die a hero, or live long enough to become the villain. Ooh, foreshadowing. Hmm. At an underground mob meeting, in walks the Joker to take over. Not before Lau tells him via a video call, he emptied out the mob banks and thought to see the money again, they'll have to pay him to get it back, saying it's safe in Hong Kong, well out of dense reach. In walks the Joker and kills a goon using his, quote, magic trick, i.e. forcing a pencil through his eye. Joker then points out, one short year earlier, they ran the city until Batman showed up. Joker then tells him he'll kill Batman for half of everything, as Batman will make Lau squeal like a stuffed pig. They all laugh at him. Even one pipes up saying, he's dead! $500,000 on his head or one million for a life. Shouldn't that be around the other bloody way? So Joker points out he's wearing a suicide vest and just walks away, leaving his Joker card behind. Okay then. The one that threatened him is Gamble, played by Michael Jai White. Later that night, Dent shines a bat sign in the sky as Batman shows up. Gordon shows up and has a go at Dent, telling him his office is dirty, that the mob banks were emptied out before the sting could be fucking pulled. Therefore, his office is dirty. Bruce, sorry, Batman, tells him he'll bring back Lau in the next couple of days. So the next morning, Bruce tells Lucius they're heading to Hong Kong. Fox then, so the Lucius are, then holds him more of his wonderful toys, i.e. a halo jumpsuit and a new bulletproof bat suit. Alfred 
gets a cargo plane because I'm sure he can get a cargo plane, just a drop of a bloody hat. So as Batman goes to Hong Kong, once in Chinese waters, Bruce leaves Alfred alone with the Russian ballet because, of course, at Gamble's hideout, two goons walk in claiming to have killed the Joker. But, you know, guess what? It's a trap! As we get the first of Joker's stories of how he got his wonderful scars. That his father did it to him when he was a teenager after he killed his mother, saying, let's put a smile on your face. Joker then slices Gamble's face with his knife because, eh, that's his off-screen barbie because it's a fucking PG-13 shit movie. Then he gets Gamble's bodyguards to fight to the death to join him using a broken pool cue. In Hong Kong, yet more IMAX footage, Lucius makes Lau, telling him the deal is off, during which he plants his spy cell phone, which somehow uses sonar as an x-ray around the building. Kidding. That night, Batman takes down Lau. In an incredible base jumping stunt, he glides down into the office, takes out the goons and captures Lau, shuts him up and then blows out the wall escaping using a weather balloon to signal the cargo plane. Now back in Gotham, Lau tries to make a deal with Rachel, but she's having none of it, threatening to throw him in general population in the jail. So he squeals like a fucking government mule or stuffed pig. Squeal, piggy, squeal. Anyway. Dent wants to put him in county jail, but Gordon says no, he'll be safer in lockup. Next day, Gordon arrests all the crime bosses at once as they're watching news reports of Dent. Dent then tries 514 criminals at once, with them all serving time. Kieran. At the hearing, the judge finds a Joker card, but she tosses it aside. The next day, in the mayor's office, the mayor is played by Nestor Carboni. He asks Dent, can he pull this off? Also, if they all go to court, they will all post bail even though they were all tried at the same time. <laughs> Date pips up uh, that not the mid or lower card bosses, but it'll give them 18 months of crime-free streets. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, but no, 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 no. The crime bosses will get out within a matter of hours. Therefore, within days, there'll be more heavies on the fucking street. After all, Gotham is still a fucking hellhole. How the fuck is that? I don't get about Gotham City. The place is crime-ridden hellhole with gang bosses all over a fucking shot and criminal masterminds such as the Penguin and Joker and Scarecrow and Catwoman and la 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 la. Yet there's still billion if not trillionaires running around the streets. I think not. The mayor then tells the cocky Dent he better get ready for everyone will come and get him. Just then a dead son of Batman hits the window hung by the neck with a Joker card pinned to him. The news reports on TV the Joker's Hostage video showing the death of the son of Batman. Yeah, no. Joker turns to the camera saying, For every day Batman doesn't turn himself in, someone will die. That night at Bruce's penthouse, Bruce throws a party for Dent. Yeah, just ignore the fact that's the poor dead son of Batman. And the Joker has threatened to kill people. Eh, the rich Bruce throws a party because they're uncaring wanksteins. Joker shows up uh, to cause chaos and holds Rachel! <coughs> At gunpoint, threatening to kill her. She stands up to him, so he tells her yet another scar story. That his wife told her not to worry and smile more. Uh, even after she gets too deep in with uh, Lone Shark, 
she gets her face sliced open. So he slices his face with a razor attached to his tongue to prove much he loved her. However, she leaves him because she's grossed out by his looks. So he puts a smile on his face. Uh, as this is happening, the judge is killed in a car bomb. Commissioner is poisoned by his in his own office by his own scotch. So Bruce knocks out Dent and hides him in a closet. Batman shows up to take down Joker's goons. So Joker throws Rachel out the window. Batman dives out after her and saves her crashing into a car below. Yeah, again. Bullshit. The fall alone would have fucking killed A2, let alone impact on a fucking car. But eh, real to life and, and yeah, who cares? The next morning, Dent marches Lau into open court to testify, and she's dropped. As in the back cave, Bruce watches Mora's reports about the Joker. Alfred points out he is to blame for the Joker. After all, if he didn't make the crime bosses that desperate, they wouldn't have needed him. Then he tells a story of a diamond smuggler in Burma, saying some people just want to see the world burn. That night, on top of a skyscraper, Batman uses his new Batman sonar, sorry, bat sonar device to turn into a call from the Joker, telling the cops he has killed Harvey Dent. Wait, what? It's not until later on in the movie he actually steals this thing from Lucius in the R&D department. So what the fuck? At the scene of the crime, we find two dead men, Richard Dent and Patrick Harvey. Get it? Harvey Dent. Tee. Batman asks for five minutes alone so he can <clears throat> world's greatest detective, which means he pulls out a bat mini drill and literally drills a hole in the wall to get the bullet out. Wow, Arkham Games Batman, you ain't mate. Back at the Batcave, he gets Alfred to load a gun with different bullets to find out a matching hole. Again, world's greatest detective, my fucking Aunt Fanny. Back to Lucius. As a lackey at Wayne Enterprises has figured out Bruce is the Batman. He wants to blackmail him for $10 million a year for life. Lucius points out the stupidity of his plan as a lackey falls like a deck of bloody cards. Meanwhile, in the Batcave, Lucius hands Bruce the Joker's fingerprints off the bullets. Uh, how did Gordon hide the fact that Batman straight out took the fucking one whole bullet the, jo the Joker left behind in the fucking wall? Wait, what am I saying? These police are fucking imbeciles. Moving on. At the police commissioner's funeral, the mayor, just out in the open, walks beside Dent. Wouldn't he be in a bulletproof fucking car, not out in a bloody open? I mean... Bruce gets Alfred to ID the fingerprint, and he speeds off to save the mayor. The apartment Alfred tells Bruce to go to, he finds half a dozen of men stripped and tied up. During the 12-gun salute, the Joker springs his trap as Bruce, at the very second, looks at the bloody telescope. The blind arises, the sniper shoots, so the Joker takes a shot at the mare, but the Dent jumps in front of the bullet. I'm sorry, but you're supposed to believe what Joker is not much of a criminal mastermind. He knew the exact second Bruce would actually look at the telescope and not beforehand. Yeah, bullshit. Anyway, all hell breaks loose as Gordon is shot on stage, even though he was in the fucking crowd, not 40 seconds earlier, and Dent was fucking shot. <sighs> Dent and Rachel are dragged off by bodyguards, however, Dent runs back as Rachel is just taken off. Hostage, I believe. And Dent kidnaps the one Joker goon that was shot, as Ramirez goes to Gordon's home to tell 
His wife, Barbara, played by Melinda McGraw, and his son, James, played by Nathan Gamble, he's dead, shot in a line of duty. So there's no daughter and just a son, Karen. Much later at night, Batman is out for blood as he beats up Macrony's goons to get to the crime boss in his nightclub. He then throws him off a fire scrape, breaking his legs. Yeah, no, that would have killed him, not break his fucking legs. Meanwhile, Rachel, who I thought was bundled off earlier, is in the police HQ where Dent calls her to warn her she's in danger. So she runs to Bruce's penthouse. Meanwhile, Dent tortures and almost kills the Joker's goon, which was shot in the leg earlier. Not before, of course, flipping his infamous coin. Batman saves the insane goon last second as he talks Dent down to killing him, telling him he's giving in being a Batman. Later in Bruce's penthouse, Rachel tells him even if he stops it all, the Joker will still kill everybody. He pipes up, you told me once if I quit, you'd be with me and be my lover, la 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 la. She says, nope, I moved on, nut boy, you're on your Todd, I now have Harvey. So, two movies now, and Bruce wants to jack it all in twice. It's not like Bruce has done that before. Oh wait, yeah, they have, Al Kilmer, Michael Keaton, George Clooney, and even bloody Ben Affleck, never mind. Alfred burns all the records as Bruce locks down the bat suit. The next day, Dent holds a press conference, or should it be circus, claiming he's the Batman. Dent is arrested, so a pissed-off Rachel snaps at Alfred, as why would Bruce just let him take the bloody fall for it all? Alfred hits her with, Batman is bigger than them both, Rachel calls him a coward, and then hands Alfred a letter for Bruce. Bruce, even. She leaves, heads to the lock-up, and tells Dent he's out of his fucking mind if he's going to get away with this one. He doesn't listen, saying this is a Joker's chance to kill him, and Batman will be there to stop him. The ruse is on. Dent is in the back of an armoured truck with a police escort. Joker attacks on route to county jail in an 18-wheeler, which Batman stops. So, it's... I mean, the Joker blows up the Batmobile with one fucking rocket. I mean, this is a fucking tank. I mean, still no worries. It spits out the Batpod, which is a bloody motorbike. Two little things here. What a tank can't take on a missile for getting blown to pieces, and two, how in the fuck does Batman's cape not catch on the back wheel, after all, no capes darling, no capes, oh god, and oh yes, driving the armoured truck is, you'll never guess who, Gordon, because it's a trap, as Joker is taken in, but it's all part of his plan, how the fuck did Joker know Gordon faked his death, how did he know the Batman wouldn't run him down, and what if all the confusion, the fucking armoured truck that Dent was driving in would have been blown up, after all he was firing that fucking rocket launcher, willy bloody nilly. Yeah, I'm calling it now, this last hour is sloppy and does not work. It's a real shame too, I was enjoying this bloody movie. With Joker sitting in jail, the mayor meets Gordon and makes up the new commissioner. A cop collar is thrown in the same day as jail cell as Joker, even though Gordon says he's been alone, but eh, who cares? <sighs> Wouldn't you know, he's a Joker goon and has TNT implants into his stomach. Joker asks to speak to Gordon when he shows back up, so Batman just throws him in the body room because he's Batman, he's in there, apparently, even though there's a buzzy door to get in and out or whatever. Gordon tells 
Now Dent is missing, and during the beatdown, Joker tells Batman he'll have to choose to save either Dent or Rachel. Oh, who cares? Off he speeds in the Batpod to save Rachel as Gordon goes after Dent. Cut to Dent tied to a chair with barrelfuls of gasoline and a ticking clock as on the phone is Rachel. Oh, who cares? She's tied up in a similar situation. In the questioning room, Joker demands to make a phone call. Meanwhile, in a holding cell, the cop killer collapses in agony as the bomb explodes. Because <sighs> it's any guts, apparently. I mean, mm, pat him down at least. I mean, there's a big fucking uh, mobile phone stuck in there, whatever. Joker calls the bomb at the same time Dent and Rachel both blow up. And how the fuck did he get that exact same time? Plot convenience, that's bloody how. I mean... Joker escapes, Rachel is dead, Dent is now Two-Face as Batman saves him, not Rachel, as he has half his face blowing off, so mm, Two-Face wants revenge. Alfred reads a letter from Rachel and then burns it after she tells him she chose Dent over him as he will not stop being Batman. The Joker, dressed as a nurse and hundreds if not thousands of cosplayers were born, rejoice, I mean, a drag Joker, yay. Visits Two-Face in hospital to propose a truce until Batman is dead. And the CGI Two-Face is horrible both to look at and the fucking graphics. On a cargo ship, Joker burns the mob's money. All of it! As is happening on TV, some the same lackey from earlier presses to tell all on live TV on some bullshit talk show. Joker calls it to stop it, telling him the lackey isn't dead for an hour, he'll blow up a hospital. Can you guess which hospital? Yeah, the one Two Faces in, because plot convenience. Gordon races to save the lackey as someone takes a shot at him outside the bloody TV studio. Bruce drives around town in his Lambo, Lamborghini that is, as Alfred hacks into the hospitals in Gotham, so now Alfred's a fucking key hacker. I mean, wouldn't you know it? The one cop in Gordon's cop car is a Joker goon. I mean, Bruce follows Gordon's car in his Lambo, and shit, I got it wrong. Joker doesn't want a truce. He wants chaos to reign. He hands Two-Face a gun, so Two-Face flips his coin as Joker walks away. Meanwhile, Bruce stops Gordon's car from being sideswiped or T-boned. As Joker leaves, he blows up the hospital. Joker kidnaps a bus full of sick people. Later, Joker plays a tape of the talk show host, played by Anthony Michael Hall, with him saying if the city isn't emptied by nightfall, they're all dead, as he now owns this entire city. Batman steals the mobile sonar device to scan the city for the Joker, this piece of Lucius, so much so he washes his hands of him. Meanwhile, Two-Face just goes around town, killing everyone involved in the kidnapping, as the city empties Two boats filled up with people, one of innocent ordinary people and another with prisoners. And here is when I call the ultimate bullshit. Joker has rigged both boats to explode with TNT and gasoline. He gives him a choice. One boat will die, if not the other one. Or other both will blow up at midnight. They must choose. Here is the bullshit part. The prisoners throw the remote for the bombs out the window. Yeah, I think not. I mean, these are hardened criminals, yet they just willi willingly throw the detonation device out the fucking window? Yes, no. And oh yeah, Batman tracks Joker to a high-rise flat, which is getting built, or rather high-rise, because it's getting built, it looks over the water. 
Very handy, that. The boats are thrown into chaos because of course they would. Meanwhile, Two-Face holds Romelius at gunpoint to get her to call Gordon's wife to get her to come outside where he kidnaps them because guess what? She's the one that was doing the dirty work. <gasps> Shock horror, I know. Gordon finds the last school bus at the building site where the Joker is holed up. Gordon wants to shoot all the clowns and then rescue the prisoners, but Batman smells a rat. Gordon doesn't listen, so... In he swarms with a fucking SWAT team. But what do you know? The clowns are dressed as prisoners and the prisoners are dressed as clowns because... Yay. Uh, yeah, I love the fact Batman's Sonar Vision is out of the Arkham games. Batman takes on the SWAT team and Joker's goons as he gets the hostages out, then goes after the Joker. The Joker beats the living hell out of bats with, no, not a crowbar, but a lead pipe. So Batman throws him out the window and hanging him the last minute. The end, right? Wrong! Two-Face has Gordon's family, so Batman has to rescue them. Two-Face shoots Batman point blank, yet he is not dead. Yeah, bullshit. Lucius pointed out earlier the suit cannot stop bullets at point blank range. Therefore, Batman, he dead. Batman then just throws Two-Face clear off the fucking roof. With Toothface dead, Batman saves Gordon's son. Now Dent is dead, Batman is the villain, as Joker has won, as credits are now rolling. So that was The Dark Knight, the greatest superhero movie ever? Yeah, no. This falls to pieces in the second half. The writing is awful and it just fails in every fucking account, the latter half that is. Ledger is great as a Joker, but he cannot save this movie alone. This is too long, with too many bloody padding and a bullshit ending. I'm going to give this thing a 5 out of 10, however. Hmm. Set it there for Dark Knight Rises. Let's see if the trilogy ends strong. And for the record, the best superhero movies out there are Logan, Deadpool, Captain America 2, X-Men and Superman 78. So, yeah. I blame David S. Goyer for this trash fucking ending. Finally, I have reached the Dark Knight Rises. The end of the Nolan's dour and dark Batman Trilogy. I skipped this one in cinemas as I rented it as soon as it came out on DVD and absolutely fucking hated it. Too much fucking hype and for over bloody blowing. And this thing is too fucking long at nearly three hours long. I don't like Tom Hardy's Bane. I hate that stupid voice even more annoying than bloody Christian Bales. Let's just dive into this movie. <laughs> you know... <clears throat> I haven't even watched these movies in years. I never watched all three in one. I've got to say, I hate these Nolan Batman movies. I hate what they have done to superhero movies. And I hate there is no fun to be had. I hate that these things are fucking padded. In fact, I'm going to say this. Nolan, you're a fucking hack. Also, I want my almost nine hours back. <sighs> Moving the fuck right on. With its $250 million budget, the sink pulled in another billion dollars. I don't give a shit over if no one has pulled in almost three billion dollars. I hate these fucking movies. Here it is, The Dark Knight Rises. Starring Christian Bale, Tom Hardy, Gary Oldman, Joseph Gordon-Lewitt, Levitt even, Anne Hathaway, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman and Marion Calotti. Directed by Christopher Nolan. The plot set eight years after the event of the Dark Knight. The Joker is nowhere to be seen. Not even mentioned once. 
A broken down and beat up Bruce Wayne wallows in self-pity, heartbroken over Harvey Dent. With Batman's number one on the Gotham City PD hit list, he is now retired until a new criminal gang shows up. Them being Bane's army and also Bane. And also we have Catwoman to throw Gotham City into chaos. Batman has to go into retirement and is literally broken by Bane. Also something about the League of Shadows. I don't really give a shit. Let's just fucking move on with this. So the movie opens up on a number logo and then morphs into a million other fucking studio logos. One thing I have to say about this fucking movie is get the fuck on with this fucking thing. It's three fucking hours long. I mean, after a full minute, we get to see a broken bat sign. Yay, foreshadowing. Straight on to Dent's funeral as Commissioner Gordon, once again played by Oldman, gives a speech about how great he was. On to a field in the middle of nowhere as a CIA agent, played by Aidan Gillen, takes our takes his prisoner, Dr. Pavel, played by Alan Abelotti, I pronounce his fucking name, on board a private plane heading to God knows where. He also is handed over three hooded men, which he is told works for the, quote, masked mercenary. He's taken this on board, and once in the air, um, one of them is, you've never guessed it, Bane, the masked bloody Mexican luchador wrestler with a venom coursing through his veins that gives him superhuman strength, except in this one he's a mumbling short horse played by Tom Hardy of Star Trek Nemesis, Lair Cake, Bronson, Inception, Mad Max Fury Road, Check Archives, and Venom. Bane is supposed to be six foot six, if not more. Not this fucking short ass five foot fucking eight. Still, it could be worse. You could be Batman and Robin Bane. Hmm. <sighs> Still, that's not the worst thing that da- David S. Goyer did to him with that stupid mask and making him just another fucking lackey. Anyway, the city agent tries to get them um, to tell them who they're working for, but guess what? It's a trap. As a cargo plane, sorry, as a cargo plane hooks up the smaller plane and rips it apart and Bane kills the sea agents. Bane escapes with Dr. Pavo as the plane crashes. An impressive stunt and for real. However, the violence is neutered due to this being a PG fucking 13 movie. Also, this escape plan is ridiculous. Bane hooks up an IV to Dr. Pavo into a long dead man and then forces his own good to stay behind to fake his own death, eh, dental records, body type, height, age, etc, etc. Also the age of the bones. Wouldn't this give it away? I mean, I'm calling bullshit. Bane literally sticks an IV needle into the stiff on the plane and 10 seconds later they're dangling outside a fucking cargo plane. I mean, oh my god this movie. Bullshit! Also, I hate this voice. It sounds like a bad Sean Connery um, impression done through false teeth speaking through the fucking mask. I mean, it's like, one Gotham, you have my person to die and all that shit. I mean, this fucking voice is stupid. <sighs> Dear God. I am Gotham's reckoning. No, you're not. You're a Gotham's douchebag. <clears throat> Moving the fuck right along, as we know, six minutes of this two hour and 45 fucking minute movie. 2 hours and 46 minutes too fucking long. Back to Gotham City at a candlelit Virgil 
uh, to celebrate the eight years of Harvey Dent's death. It's Harvey Dent Day, apparently. As the mayor holds a speech uh, that he will repel the illegal Dent Act. Uh, weaving through the crowds, dressed as a maid, is Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman, played by Anne Hathaway of Princess Diary movies, Devil Wears Prada, Get Smart, Alice Wonderland movies, and Ocean's 8. She, being a cat burglar, seeks into Wade Manor to steal Bruce's mother's pearls, uh, which I thought were long snapped, but I guess not. <laughs> as is happening, Commissioner Gordon gives a speech about how there's a thousand prisoners at Blackgate Prison, all because of Dent, therefore he's a hero, and in truth is not a murdering psychopathic bastard who almost killed his entire family. But moving on, Alfred, once again played by Michael Caine, breaks up gossip between the maids as he ta- tasks rather Selina to take Bruce's meal up to his uh, wing of Wayne Manor, which apparently is now back in fucking back from the ashes. I mean, it's a completely different move, uh, house, moving the fuck right on. As is happening, Miranda Tate, played by Marianne Coulter, I think that's pronounced her name, of Taxi Movies, La Vie en Rose, Inception, and Assassin's Creed. Tries to come to see Bruce, but Alfred says Bruce won't see anyone. A rival billionaire, I think he is anyway, Daggett, played by Ben Mendelsohn, pipes up, there's no good, everyone knows Hasn't seen him in years and has eight inch nails and pisses in masonry, mason jars on. Also, he'll waste your money on some save the world vanity project. She then answers maybe she wants to save the world bloody project. Selena snoops in fucking seven inch heels. Uh, what sort of maid, never mind a fucking cat burger, wears seven inch fucking heels on duty? Yeah, I think not, love. She's caught by Bruce Wayne, once again played by Christian Bale, who nearly impales her on a target with an arrow. You calm your ass, don't fucking green arrow. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Oliver King. Queen, rather. Uh, he points out her pearls look like his mother's, but that's impossible because the safe is un-fucking crackable. Uh, she drops the pretense and kicks away his cane and leaps from a four-storey building backwards. Bullshit love. Not an Atlobat dress and not any fucking heels. Selena then hitches a ride with the pervy senator for M earlier on who hit on her because, I don't know, bullshit fucking shit. Bruce then gets pissy with Alfred telling him about the pearls. So he pipes up, maybe you should make your own bed then, you fucking lazy bastard. On the rooftop of Gotham PD, Gordon tells Ricky Cop Blake, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt of A Third Rock From The Sun, Halloween H2O, sounds like a hit about you, Looper, and Cincinnati 2 to keep his nose out of the dent case, and indeed, Batman. Also, eight years later, Gordon still doesn't know who Batman is. Some fucking police commissioner he is, a fucking idiot. The next morning, Alfred takes Bruce's breakfast, finding him in the Batcave on the Batcomputer, tracing Selina's fingerprints. So it wasn't destroyed in Batman Begins. Then where the fuck did he not use it in Batman fucking dark bloody well night? Uh, Bruce tells Alfred she's a jewel thief who is great at thieving, but is sloppy as the walls are closing in, because she's a Cat burglar who gets fucking caught and leaves shit behind. Fucking idiot. Like fingerprints and hair and god knows what. He also tells him 
she has his fingerprints for some reason. Alfred tells him to stop wallowing in the past to get out there and have a life again. Batman is dead, Dent is gone and Rachel was taken. Then about his dream of seeing Bruce in Florence with his wife and kids. Foreshadowing! Alfred tells him he should never have come back to Gotham. There's nothing here but pain and tragedy. The next day, Blake is called in to deal with a dead body of a homeless man, where he's told dozens of people wash up dead on the banks of the river due to them living in the sewer. Blake knows the dead guy, so goes to an orphanage to ask what the hell is up. Here he's told the Wayne Foundation has pulled the funding to the project as it simply do not have the money. Blake talks to the little brother of the stiff and asks him why he went in the sewer with him saying there's what down there. What as fucking the turtle's butler. Cut to that night at some dive bar. Sleener hands over Bruce's fingerprints to Stryker or Striver, what's his fucking name, played by Burn Gorman of Torchwood fame. One of the goons pulls a gun on her to hand over a thumbprint. He pulls a gun on her also, so she just calmly tells him the man she came in with is the sleazy senator who's missing for several days, and the police will be there any minute. In barges the cops as Selena gets away, after forcing Stryker to shoot the congressman in the balls, I think. She escapes about the back of the pub. She bumps into Blake, who doesn't arrest her or even hold her, oh, I don't know, as a fucking witness. During the shootout, a sniper then takes out the cops as Stryker gets away down the sewers. Gordon shows up and drags three cops down there with him. An explosion happens as Gordon is taken captive. He's dragged to see Bane. Along the way, we see Bane's army building something using homeless as workforce. Bane searches Gordon after killing the goons that brought him down to see him. Here he finds the truth about Dent in the speech Gordon was going to give days earlier. So Gordon has this thing in his jacket pocket for at least three days. Yeah, that's called lazy writing. Gordon then rolls into a sewer to escape. He is shot and left for dead until Bane sends a good after him who is also shot and left for dead. Now that Bane has openly killed his men, why the fuck are they still with him? Bloody much of a zealous douchebag, are they? Blake handily finds Gordon at the same spot he found the dead homeless teen lazy writing again. Because Bane has said there is hundreds if not thousands of exit points, yet Blake finds Gordon within a matter of minutes, handy that as he's shot in the fucking lung, I believe, or leg, or the hell he's shot. The next morning, Blake shows up to Wayne Manor to demand to see Bruce. Alfred tells him he will see no one. So Bruce tells him he'll be back with an arrest warrant for the murder of Harvey Dent. Two things here. Is he the only one to look into the Dent murder case? And also, how does he know Bruce is Batman if Gordon doesn't? Again, lazy fucking writing. Blake tells Bruce Gordon has been shot, also about Bane and Underground Army. Bruce doesn't give a shit, however, until Blake tells him he knows he's Batman. That no one else in the force seems to give a shit or even care about it. I mean, why bother writing this? Wow, he's just a rookie. Calm your ass down, Columbo. Who didn't get that all? Robin? He then tells Bruce his backstory of how his mother died in a car crash and his father died over gambling debts. And then he was sent to stay in an orphanage the Wayne Foundation owns until he was 16 and was kicked out. So he knows what Bruce 
the two members say, yada yada yada, what the fuck ever, get on with the bloody thing. Once Blake is gone, Bruce asks Alfred why the Wayne Foundation has stopped funding Alfredge. Alfred tells him because the money has dried up. Wait, if Bruce is bankrupt, how the fuck can he afford the manor and the swanky party, also all the fucking staff? Bruce checks into hospital to deal with his fucked up knees, in which the doctor tells him he's fucked up not only his knees, there's no cartilage in either knee, also his shoulders are fucked, his kidneys are scarred, and his body is broken down for somebody who's only supposed to be about fucking 38, you know? Wow, just got myself done him in with that fucking crowbar, or rather, lead pipe. I mean, or even that one year of being Batman. Jesus Christ, that suit was worth shit. A Bruce then dons a ski mask in full fucking three-piece suit and repels out the window to see Gordon. Uh, wait a minute here, how did he know which? Oh, whatever. Who tells him they may have won the battle, but not the war against crime, as Dent's lie will be exposed soon. Gordon begs him to bring back the Batman, so that night, he tracks the pearls straight to Selina. You know, for a joke, she's sloppy as fuck. He follows her to a swanky do, where the press go gag over him. Er, so in eight years, not one fucking paparazzi has looked into Bruce Wayne, or his whereabouts? I think not. Also, this do is Miranda Tate, uh, who tells him she's throwing this do to raise money to a clean energy project. This thing goes fucking nowhere, but Bruce tells her that thing failed just to drop it. As Bruce dances with Selena, she's dressed as a cat. Get it? She's Catwoman. Subtle. Oh yeah, this is a mass ball, by the way. Hmm. The two banter and sparks will fall. Chemistry isn't even fucking here. She's supposed to be the love of his life, Batman's one weakness, the mother of his daughter, hundreds I believe. She tells him there's a storm coming and soon the luxury lifestyle will be over because they're have and have nots and blah 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 and how they live so well over the poor of Gotham, blah blah blah. He takes back the pearls, so she still says Lambo, touche love, touche. Next day, Bruce meets Lucius, once again played by Morgan Freeman, to ask him where the money went. He tells him into a fusion reactor, which he morph-balled three years ago. Lucius shows him more of his wonderful toys, including the Bat, aka the Batwing, which he says the autopilot doesn't work. Cut to Bruce (coughs) fixing his leg, i.e. putting on a robotic leg brace, uh, which increases his strength because he can kick through a body brick wall apparently. Hmm. Yeah, it's never shown again. Get in. Alfred tells Bruce Bane's backstory about an underground prison in which Bane was born and raised. Once he escaped, he was trained by none other than Rajagu. He was kicked out of the League of Assassins because he was such a badass. Ooh, scary. As the bat suit rises from its watery grave, get it? Dark Knight Rises, yay, foreshadow, whatever. Alfred begs Bruce not to become the Batman again. I mean, uh, he has to take on Bane as Bruce, as Gotham needs to be a better place. Therefore, Bane would, you know, be a whatever. Bruce doesn't want to fucking listen. I can't believe him, actually, it's fucking right. It's terrible. That afternoon, Brain 
Bane, rather, breaks into Wall Street. Calm down, Occupy Wall Street. The cops show up, but aren't interested in the bank because they think Bane is holding hostages, not stealing the money. They don't give a shit. He has access to the world's banks because their money is under a mattress. Fucking idiots. If he crashes the stock market, then the money won't be worth shit. Look at what happened after Brexit's vote and when Trump took over as president. The stock market's dipped. Therefore, if he crashes the markets, your money ain't worth fucking dog followed by shit. Let's writing again. Goya, you should have your ready your writing credentials taking off you, you fucking hack. Also, can we say die hard free? Bane's hacker tells him he needs time to crack the fireballs, so Bane buys him eight full minutes by uh, releasing the bankers, then taking a few hostages as he and his men escaped on motorbikes. How in the fuck did they get motorbikes into Wall Street? Who cares? The cops give chase as Bane men speed through the streets, and the poor set men, I have got to say, are brave as fuck in a battle of these bikes with their hands tied by their backs. Of course they're strapped in, but still, it must be fucking terrifying. Batman shows up on the bat pod, firing an EMP gun that shuts down the speeding bikes, all but one that gets away thanks to an idiot cop shooting the gun. As is happening, Selena is stealing something from a safe, but it's empty. Blake is forced to drive around a blowhard chief of police that is unnamed, and I don't give a fuck who he is, because, eh, he lets Bane go in order to hunt down the Batman for his own fame and fortune, because this guy's a douche nozzle. Daggett watches it all unfold live on TV. Okay, you calm your ass down, OJ. Batman stops the last goon, but it's too late as the project, or rather the, um, oh, whatever, project he has ran has hacked into the banks as Batman is now captured by the cops. No matter, a well-placed shot from the bat pod as Batman speeds off. Batman, with every cop in Gotham, giving chase. Calm your ass down, boys, brothers. 2000. He escapes by going down a blind alley to the Batwing. Daggett is told by Striker Bane's plan would have failed if Batman had showed up, yet he wants to party. What the fuck, Nolan? That is sloppy ass fucking writing and or directing. Catwoman kicks Doggett's ass in order for him to hand over a clean slate program he promised her. She pulls him out the window in order to escape. He then tells her the clean slate program doesn't exist, she was played. Catwoman is then surrounded by Bane's goons, so holds Daggett at gunpoint, but they don't give a shit as Batman saves her from the goons. Catwoman holds her own, and one thing here, where the fuck's the whip? Or indeed the bowlers. More guns, including Bane shop, firing guns, so Batman jumps off the roof straight onto the Batwing. As Catwoman follows, they fly off. Landing on a skyscraper, Batman warns Catwoman these are trained killers and not just thugs. Get out of Gotham now. By the way, the CGI on this Batwing is poor. Where the fuck did this 20, sorry, $250 million go? Catwoman tells him she sold Bruce's fingerprints to Daggett as he's interested in Bane's heist. A helicopter shows up and there's a cop on it that. So wait a minute here. Five minutes before Batman was chased with hundreds of cops, the media, and police helicopters, yet they can't find him. But then it just suddenly shows up. I mean, hmm. Batman returns to the cave 
with Bane's Wi-Fi aerial type thingy. Alfred scorns Batman about the chase, then warns him about Bane and the League of Shadows. Bruce is a vain twat, or is that stupid enough to think he killed them off nine years earlier after he killed Raja Ghoul? Alfred is disgusted and quits. It's about fucking time, after all. If Wayne is skint, how the fuck paid him? Alfred then pulls out the big guns, telling Bruce about the letter he burned from Rachel, telling him she picked a dent over him. Game over, right? Nope. Bruce is now fired up to take on Bane. One tearful goodbye by Alfred later. And do you think he sold everything that wasn't nailed down, replacing it with cheap fakes? I think he did. The next morning, Bruce has to answer the door by his self. Honestly, you can't get this... Oh, wait. He fired him. It's Lucius to tell him Bane's hack worked. Daggett has drained away in funds and he's totally, utterly skint. Lucius then shows Miranda the fusion reactor. Bruce tells her it's too dangerous to be turned on as someone might turn it into a nuclear bomb. Miranda tells him not to worry, the one man that could have done that did that died six months earlier in a plane crash, that being Dr. Pavo. Remember him? From like fucking 90 minutes ago. Shouldn't this send off alarm bells in Bruce's head? Hello, world's great. Oh, never mind, he's a fucking idiot. He's so much of an idiot, he hands over control to Ben Enterprises to Miranda. Uh, didn't hear I did this nine years earlier to Lucius Fox. Uh, later that day, Bruce shows up at Wayne Tower, which Daggett objects to, so Lucius throws Bruce out on his ass. Is it wrong if I see Christian Bale in a suit? In a boardroom, I think of American Psycho, which is a far better movie than this. Indeed, any fucking known movie. Check it out, it's quite good. Bruce's Lambo is then fucking towed away as the press have a field day. Blake shows up to drive Bruce home. In his penthouse, Daggett bitches out Stryker about Miranda taking over Wade Enterprises. Then Bane shows up to kill him. Meanwhile, in the cop car, rides home, Blake asks Bruce why the mask. Bruce tells him to protect the people he loves. Bruce then visits Selena, who is packing, where she gloats she even has more money than he does, until he points out he's keeping the manor. Wait, what? Maybe Alfred fucking did rob the place blind then? I mean, how the fuck did he sell the fucking money off? I mean, the, the money it's in the... Oh, who gives a fuck? Bruce offers her a fresh start if she gets him to... Get him a meeting with Bane that night. Blake shows up at Gordon's hospital bed and hands over records. All the records, for some reason. Also tells him Daggett's body was dead and found in a dumpster a couple of hours ago. Also, his name is in every construction plan in Gotham, including the tunnels and sewers. Pretty sloppy of Bane. Or is he really smart? I've not decided yet. As Gordon makes Blake a full detective and orders him to take every cop underground to find Bane. Bruce returns home to find it's all locked up. Miranda shows up and the two have sex. After we get to Miranda's backstory about how she was poor and she has scars both emotional and physical. After more sex, uh, shouldn't he be wearing his or well, robotic knee brace? Bruce slicks off to be meet a Bane. Uh, Shouldn't she tell... Oh, whatever. In the subway, Catwoman takes him to see Bane. Where it's a ball to ball fight, he breaks the bat, literally breaking Batman's back. 
Catwoman watches all in disgust. Bane then takes the broken bat and dumps him in some hellhole in some unnamed country. Bane then uh, blows a hole into Lucius's little toy box. So now Bane has all of Batman's wonderful toys. The next day, Blake heads to Wayne Mother, finding it locked up. He heads to Selina's brothel, because basically she's a fucking prostitute in this one. Then follows her to an airport where she is arrested by him. Blake shows her a record which is about a foot thick. God, she's fucking sloppy. Offers her protection from Bane. She rolls her eyes. So he begs her to tell him where Bruce Wayne is. She, however, doesn't bloody have a clue. Speaking of which, he is awakened in Bane's prison hellhole where he tells him his backstory and how he managed to escape the hole. Except, spoiler alert, that's Miranda, a.k.a. Talia Agul's story, not him. He was beaten almost to death uh, to save the little girl uh, born in a prison. Hence why he has that mass that feeds him constant bloody pain meds. He lays Bruce to rot in the hellhole as he has to take down Gotham, which you're going to watch live on TV. Nice of him to do that. Back to Selina, who is stuck in a general population in a men's prison of Blackgate. Handy that. Cut to Miranda taking Lucius to a board meeting where Bane is waiting for him to pick one person to live as others will die. They're all taken down to the sewers to Bruce's fusion reactor. Meanwhile, back in the hellhole, Bruce has his bags back fixed by doctors as he's made to watch Gotham's Reckoning live on TV. With every cop on the ground looking for Bane's hideaway, great plan there Gordon, Bane blows the tunnels sealing them all in. Bane gets Fox, Miranda and an unnamed board member to turn on the reactor as Dr. Powell or Pavel rather, turns it into a nuclear bomb as the door says Now the real game begins. At one of the many Many construction sites across town, Blake sees it's wired to blue. And so the game begins. As Bane blows up an American football pitch and introduces himself to Gotham. Because he's Gotham's reckoning, not as crap. As almost every cop is trapped underground, Bane blows up the bridges, so Gotham City is cut off. In five months, he'll blow up the reactor. Blake is, in the meantime, races to save Gordon from Bane's hitmen. Gordon, however, kills them and takes Blaine and him into hiding. Okay, uh, then. Blake, rather than Blaine. Blake. Bane's goons hold US Army at bay by threatening to blow the city. Wait, the entire US military can't take down a few military douchebags? Yes. Is this an NRA wet dream? A small militia is holding back the might of the US Army. Yeah, no. After all, we don't negotiate with terrorists. They'd be shot fucking dead. Days later, Bane takes some of Batman's toys, i.e. tumblers, to break out all the prisoners in jail. He also tells the truth about Dent. Now Gotham knows the truth. All hell breaks loose. As Bane blows open Blackgate prison, then rips the rich out of their homes, smashing through everything, tearing it all down, burning through their morals at a fucking, oh, I don't know, lightning pace. Now, all chaos reigns. Anarchy! Where's the fucking Joker? Not one effing mention. Not even a guy in a purple suit with a green wig watching this live on TV from Arkham Asylum. Nothing! Wow, this movie 
has not only been off the rails, but it's rolling down a hill of contrived writing and bad fucking potholes with a tsunami of shit raining behind it, waiting to wipe it out. All the goodwill that that bloody dark knight installed on me. That was, however. In Bane's hellhole prison, Bruce gets his backs fixed by the junkie doctors. And here we have what we're supposed to believe uh, <clears throat> was Bane's backstory about how he was a hired gun, sleeping with and then marrying in secret a warlord's daughter. He is exiled and she is then tossed into jail, the hellhole jail. Bane is that baby. Nope, that's Miranda. Fuck you, Nolan. Even the first time I saw this, I knew this was bullshit. Now story time is, is over. The doctor pulls Bruce to his feet using a pulley, then punches his back back into place. Yes, great doctoring there, mate. Months later, Bruce sees Raja Gold, once again played by Liam Neeson's ghost, shops to mock him, telling him his heir will finish his work as Ballas must and indeed will be restored. Which is true, however, this is not being. The child is Miranda, aka Talia Agul. Guess I'm too smart for this fucking bad writing because even the first time I saw this back in 2012, I knew she was fucking the child in question. This sparks Bruce into healing. Uh, minutes later, he's standing. Yeah, no matter how strong Bruce is, his muscles would not be able to hold his fucking body up. Wait. Never mind holding... Oh, what the fuck? This is just contrived writing. And it's a piece of shit. Also, not only can he walk, but he can fucking climb a hole. Two words. Fuck you, Goya, you fucking hack. This movie. Cue a montage of Bruce working out. He then tries and fails to climb up and out. Uh, bearing in mind, not only is his back badly repaired, but his knees are near useless with a robotic brace and his body is beaten to a pulp. He then falls, snapping his back again as he fails time and time again. As Winter falls across Gotham, the US Army sneak in special forces. Gordon tells them he has a small army of cops left uh, as the rest, 3,000, that is, is underground. So wait, months later, and this is the first rescue attempt, fuck right off. Send in the SES, and we had this fucking sorted in a matter of bloody well minutes. A plan comes together on the streets of Gotham. And note, in real life, these are the streets of Glasgow, my hometown. In fact, most of these are around the corner from where I live. To take down Bane's army and track the routes of the bomb, which is in one of three... Um, cargo trucks that are kept constantly on the move. Gordon gets Blake to tell the Special Forces captain the truth that Bruce, sorry, that Wayne Enterprises made the bomb by mistake. Also, in 23 days, it will blow up no matter what happens. It's an ambush as Bane's men open fire, killing all the Special Forces dead. Bane then takes Wayne Enterprises' board to be judged by Scarecrow, once again played by Stellian Murphy. As Bruce tries time and time again to escape, he fails every fucking time. Oh god. Bruce finally gets out, heads back to Gotham on the final day. Handy that, lazy cunting writing! Ah oh, yeah, the board is sentenced to death or exile, i.e. walk across the Gotham Bay in the frozen ice. If they fall in the water, they're dead. 
With hours to go before the big bang, Bruce somehow shows up in Gotham City where luckily he finds Catwoman and hands her the clean slate. Lazy writing, but don't give a fuck anymore. Also, how in the fuck does this have 60 minutes left? If she helps him save the city, she can have the fucking stupid clean slate shit. Gordon and his little army are caught by Bane's men. Funny how this happened the one time fucking Miranda is there. Handy that. They're sentenced by Scarecrow to death by exile. All but Miranda, as Bane calls her to his side. A Bruce is caught, somehow, and sends Fox and Miranda... Uh, to fix the bomb, because there's only 12 hours to go, some shit like that. Catwoman helps Fox and Bruce escape in Bruce's Batcave from the Dark Knight. Bruce suits up one final time. Bruce tells him he needs the Batwing to stop the bomb, because there's something on the Batwing, I have no idea. Oh, God. So out Batman goes to get it. As Bruce men walk the ice, Blake is caught sneaking out men from the sewers and gets beaten up by Bane's men. Batman saves Gordon and his men as they light a huge bat sign on a bridge. Real subtle there, Bruce. Real fucking subtle. Uh, and I want no surprise. I mean, nothing to you, you fucking idiot. Batman sees Blake, then hands him a flash bomb. This blows the hole in the tunnels, uh, which then he blows it up again with a fucking bat wing. Batman tasks him to get his people off the island, impossible, in 45 minutes. Batman gives Catwoman the bat pod to clean the, the east tunnel, but she will take it and run for it. As the sun rises, it is on Gordon's army, the trapped police, and Batman versus Bane army and Bane. A huge fight breaks loose, uh, which is like an old film march. I've just popped my graduation listeners there. On the streets of Glasgow, as Batman takes on Bane. Miranda watches at gunpoint as Gordon's plan goes into action, but it fails due to Miranda. Meanwhile, Fox tries to get the fusion reactor back online. Bane kicks Batman's ass until one lucky shot to the mask as it causes it to leak the gas. By the way, there's no tank to this mask, it's just sitting on his face as it constantly feeding him drugs. Where the fuck is the bloody tank that feeds the fucking mask? Bane. Sorry, Batman has Bane down and out until Talia stabs him in the back. Bitch move there. Instead of Batman giving a monologue, why not just pull the stupid fucking mask off Bane's face and he's completely fucked? Finally, Batman knows it was Miranda all along and my eyes roll more than fucking dice at Vegas. Batman is a fucking idiot. Scratch that. Goya thinks we're idiots if he didn't see this one coming about fucking two hours ago. Gordon gets the bomb. Finally, Blake gets a single busload of people off the island. Miranda drives off in a tumbler, leaving Bane to kill Batwoman. However, Catwoman shows up and blows away Bane using the Batpod's rockets. Tad much love. Gordon has less than 11 minutes to get the bomb clear. Talia then boards the truck carrying the bomb. Batman gets the Batwing to the truck and blows the back out, lifting the bomb out to sea. It blows up, nuking the sea and all the fucking ocean life for decades, if not fucking 100 years later. Aquaman will be pissed. Blake finds the back cave because, uh, guess what, he's Robin, yay. That goes fucking nowhere. Gordon is still clueless as to who Batman is. 
Gordon then kills Talia. Fox almost drowns as Talia floods the sewers beforehand. Cut to Alfred burying Bruce on the Wayne estate next to Mom and Dad. Bruce leaves everything to an orphanage. Uh, Bruce has faked his death, however, and is living with Selena in Venice. As Alfred see them, the, bull, the both of them nod and smile. As a credits fucking finally roll. So that was The Dark Knight Rises, a boring, dumb, slow, annoying, plot-filled piece of absolute fucking dog shit. Nolan and Goyer, I hope you're happy with what you've done to superhero movies because for the next 20 fucking years they're going to be this dark, real-to-life, boring snooze fest. Look at fucking Man of Steel, you fucking hacks. I'm going to give this thing a very, very generous 1 out of 10. This Nolan series was so bad, I almost... Hell hung up my fucking headset after over 200 podcasts, hundreds of movies, dozens of franchises. This thing almost broke me because fuck you, Nolan, and fuck you, Goyer. I am never going to give this up. Next month kicks off the Summer of Shocks, which is my look at Piranha. Then in August is Hitchcock movies and September is Stephen King movies. So don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod where you can vote on what movies I will cover or email me movie suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com Check out my other superhero podcasts of Iron Man, Superman, Blade, Captain America and more. Also my solo podcast of Supergirl, Catwoman, Bob Wire and many, many more Bye, and remember, I watched these bad movies so you don't have to. Now I have to give both myself and Batman a bloody lozenge. This fucker has been a killer. This mega bumper fucking podcast is gonna bloody well kill me. A bye.